Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th TV series edition. I'm Vicki. And I'm Kim. And these are the episode credits for Friday the 13th, the series, season 2, episode 12, The Playhouse. Series created by Frank Mancuso Jr. and Larry B. Williams. Written by Tom McLaughlin. Directed by Tom McLaughlin. Original air date, January 28th, 1989. All right, so we're back with season 2, episode 12, The Playhouse. And Kim is back. Yay! <laughs> I think people are starting to worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. Great to be back. Good. So, unfortunately, you had to come back to this episode. I don't know if you liked it, but I did not. I, I did. You did? Oh, good. So, you could be the positive to my negative. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, there were some actors that we've seen in a previous episode. Lisa Jacob played the little homeless girl, Christy. In a cup of time, remember her? Yes. She was Janine in this episode. And Richard Sally, who played Lieutenant Retaino, who I think... They don't always say people's names during the episode. Sometimes they only get their names in the credits. So, Lieutenant Retaino, I don't know if he was the cop who arrested Brad or if he was the detective that showed up at the end. Oh, okay. But he played Marty curry in symphony and b sharp okay but anyway mike and janine who are obviously abused and neglected happen upon danny playing in his yard and they talk him into going into their magic playhouse so already at this point i didn't want to watch this because i was sure something would happen to danny and i really didn't want to watch when things deal with kids getting hurt or killed although it didn't turn out really that way which is good so this house is actually pretty awesome. I was picturing one of those plastic Fisher-Price playhouses. Oh. <laughs> you know? That's what I was picturing. I wasn't picturing anything this elaborate. But they get to the house, and the door opens by itself. And when they get inside, it gets windy, and lights are flashing, and it seems like the three of them disappear in a flash of light. Mike and Janine, like, do this thing that they stare at each other like they're casting a spell or something. Mm-hmm. So next we see Danny's mother running around looking for him. And we don't see anything else about what happened to them. So at the shop, Mickey's watching the news report about another missing child in Perkinsville. The report says there's been nine missing children over a five-month period. So the reporter interviews Mike and Janine as they were the last to see him. They said he left to go to the store and never came back. So this woman is interviewing two clearly abused children on TV. And no one thinks anything of this. Right. No one wonders or asks where the bruises came from? Yeah. I know kids get bruised up and stuff, but he pretty much has a black eye, and she has a bruise on her cheek, and they're dirty, and nobody thinks anything of this. I just find that weird. Yeah. So, as Mickey, Jack, and um, Ryan go over their agenda for the day, they all have separate places to go and artifacts to... Artifacts. Antiques to pick up. But Ryan, coincidentally, has the playhouse on his list. I've got an appointment with the curator of the museum to find out more about this Indian sacrificial knife. Ryan, how are you doing tracking that playhouse? The guy who bought it, Whitsitt, he um, sold it to a guy he worked with at a garage sale named Brad Farrell. Did you talk to him? No, he got fired. Whitsitt said he's living out of town somewhere. Well, it looks like we'll get at least one object in the vault tomorrow. And that'll be one less injustice in the world. 
So they talk about it. Ryan says the purchaser sold it to someone named Brad Farrell, who moved out of town. So back at the kid's house, we meet the mom, and she's a treat. Oh. Let me just say, at the end, I was really starting to believe that when they came out of the playhouse, and I was hoping that the mother was going to get arrested, like, they were going to think it was her that kidnapped all these kids. Well, part of me was hoping that the house ate her. Yes. At one point, I did hope that the house was going to take her, and I forgot what point that was. I did hope that, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. So back at the kids' house, like we said, we meet the mom. So she's leaving them for the night, and the kids go to sleep in the playhouse because Mike says it'll feed them and give them whatever they want. She's obviously not only abusive but neglectful. Ryan tracks down Brad. He wouldn't say whether he had the playhouse, so the three of them have to go and meet him. And then we get to the next morning. Mike and Janine can't get into the playhouse, and Mike says they'll have to find someone else. So at this point, I'm guessing they have to feed it someone in order for them to get what they want from it. Right. That's what I was assuming, which Mm -hmm. turns out that's what it was. So Janine doesn't want to get anyone else, but Mike says that no one will take care of them like the Playhouse. And you kind of have to feel for them. You could tell Janine doesn't really want to do this throughout most of the episode. Right. But she goes along with it because they really don't have anybody taking care of them. And half the time it looks like they don't get fed. Right. Um, right. So Jack, Mickey, and Ryan arrive and realize that this is the same town that they heard on the news story the night before. And now, you know, Ryan wonders if the playhouse is involved. Meanwhile, Janine and Mike talked two more girls into going in the playhouse. This time we get to see what happens. All four of them end up in some wacky playroom. Mike and Janine are in costumes. There seems to be candy, then snakes. It's a creepy place, and they're they're acting creepy too. And Mike asks them what they want, the girls. One says a pony, and the other one says some sort of rock star doll with all the accessories. It sounded like one of those Barbie things that comes mm-hmm. with houses and all that kind of stuff. And then both items appear on the other side of the room. Janine wants to play with them for a while, but something begins growling and Mike says he needs to ask the girls a question. Do they want to stay there forever? The girls say yes, and Mike begins yelling, I hate you, over and over again, and the room gets dark. And he has to convince Janine to join in because he says it's either them or the girls. So apparently, if they're in the house, when the house needs to be fed... It looks like they could go in the house when they want until the house needs to be fed. Right. If they don't feed them the people that they have captured, then the house will take them. Right. So, and at this point, this episode was just too weird for me. (laughs) (laughs) It was just way too weird for me. And I've read online that a lot of people like this episode and they find it one of the scariest. And I just thought it was wacky. I didn't find it the scariest. I just thought it was a little bit more creative and colorful than the previous ones. Maybe it's getting better as time goes on. I found this one had a better storyline, kind of. You know, this room reminded me of something, and I can't put my finger on it. It's like something from the Twilight Zone. Maybe that's it. I think maybe some of it was I was distracted by this room. Because my first thought, there's an episode in... Star Trek Voyager called The Thaw, which Mm. everybody thinks it's a great episode and I don't like it. So the room kind of reminded me of that. Mm. But you might be right because I thought there was something else that reminded me of more. I think maybe I was just distracted by the room and how it reminded me of Voyager and the episode that I don't like. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why I just had a hard time with this one. I couldn't get that out of my head. But yes, I think you're right. Twilight Zone. And now that you say that, 
Is it the episode where the little boy, Billy Mummy, sends people to the... Well, he sends people away, but I can't remember if they go somewhere. This kind of reminds me of the episode where the people are, are the kids' toys. Oh, yeah, okay. They're in the doll. Um, yeah. yeah. That's what it kind of reminds me of. But there's a few other episodes where I'm going to pieces something together, like the mirror, the wall, the uh, pillar on the wall. There's other episodes like in Twilight Zone that had different things like that. To me, it was almost like a combination of a little bit of everything. Who knows? But it does seem like all that pieces of it reminds me a little bit of everything. Maybe that's it. So the girls get sucked into some other room and they're gone. So Ryan goes to see Brad, and we knew this was coming, but I did anyway. He was the man who bought it from the original purchaser, and he says he used to go out with some broad who had kids, and he gave it to them. And the broad must be Mike and Janine's mother. Brad thinks he can get it back and wants Ryan to buy it for $5,000. Jack thinks that Mickey and Ryan should try to talk to the parents of the other missing kids, and he'll hang around to watch Brad to see if he'll lead them to it before they decide to pay $5,000. Back at the kids' house, their mother gave their dinner to her boyfriend. But that wasn't her boyfriend. That was just... Some guy. There we go. Yeah. That was just somebody for the night. Yeah, Yeah, because even when Brad calls her, she said, yeah, I remember you. So... (laughs) (laughs) She got a little smiley face there, too. I know. She's flirting with him in front of this guy. Yeah, you don't see that. That's what I missed, too. They should have showed the guy's expression while she was doing it. To me, there were certain frames that they should go to. Yeah. But they did not. Right. You know, when Mike says something about her giving their dinner away, she hits him. And while this is happening, Brad calls and asks for the playhouse. And their mother tells him, come and get it any time. And she does it kind of when she hits Mike. He said that didn't hurt. And she decides to let this guy take the playhouse. And she said, so does that hurt? You know, she's just, mm-hmm. she's just awful. So the kids run out to the playhouse and go inside. Mickey and Ryan speak to Danny's mother and she tells them where Mike and Janine live. After they leave, Danny's mother dials 911. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier, or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds, the Star Trek Discovery series, autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So Mike and Janine are in the playhouse deciding what to do while Mickey and Ryan show up in their yard. Ryan pushes Mickey inside and follows her in when the mother comes out the back door. But she only yells towards the house that she's going out. Mm-hmm. Mike and Janine are gone when Mickey and Ryan get in there, so they must have done their disappearing thing. And after the mother leaves, Mickey and Ryan try to figure out how to get the house out of there. I thought of that, too. If they find the house, how are they going to get it back to the store? And how are they going to fit that in the vault? So the kids are inside that weird playroom, and they could feel the house shake because Ryan's trying to take it apart. And they can see Mickey and Ryan trying to take the house apart. 
So Mickey and Ryan also get taken by the white light and end up in the playroom with the kids. Meanwhile, Jack's following Brad around, and he's at a bar and he's borrowing a pickup truck. But Brad catches him following him and knocks him out and heads for the kid's house. Mickey and Ryan wake up in the playroom. They're tied up. Mike appears and says that they're going to have a party while Mickey asks to be let go. And I mean, she said please and everything. I can't believe they didn't let her go. (laughs) Who are you? How do we get here? Let us out. We can't do that. We miss all the fun. It's a special day here in the playhouse. Untie us. Come on, please. Oh my God. Sometimes the dialogue. You have to let us go, please. Are you kidding me? Why would we tie you up then? (laughs) It was just the way she said it. It was like, really? It sounds like you're asking for your toy back. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like you're asking for your life anyway. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. So Mickey tells Mike... That the house is evil, but he just gets more evil. Mm-hmm. Janine makes him stop because Brad is there and he's trying to take down the playhouse. They go out and try to get him inside the playhouse, but he's able to grab them. Meanwhile, Danny's mother is talking to a police officer and they hear the kids scream. So the officer arrives to what looks like Brad trying to hurt the kids and take the kids. Mm-hmm. They arrest Brad and believe he's also responsible for the other missing children. Jack, who's now conscious, is talking to another officer. He is informed that Brad was found and arrested. Jack also overheard that they can't find the kids he was trying to abduct. So they must have gone back into the playhouse. So Jack sneaks into a crime scene. <laughs> he just walks right in the yard and all these cops are in the driveway. I mean, he, he walked right by all these cops. Mm-hmm. And he goes inside the house. Now, inside the playroom, it looks like Mike and Janine are ready to burn Mickey and Ryan at the stake. (laughs) So Mike, at this point, is totally evil, but Janine, who never seemed to be 100% on board with any of this, seems to sense Jack in the house. Jack seems to be sensing something, or he's trying to get a handle on mentally. You know, I don't know if he's trying to cast a spell. I don't know what he's doing. But he's trying to figure out what's going on there. So the kids leave the playroom to go after him, and Jack gets pulled into the light as well. Jack, Mickey, and Ryan again try to explain that the playhouse is evil. Mike is going to the dark side, but Jack sees that Janine is not happy about any of this. Mike, Mike, why can't we be friends? We care about you. You don't care about us. Nobody does. And you know what? We don't care. Do we, Janine? But you know what does care? This playhouse. We give it all those stupid happy kids and we get anything we want. When things begin to disappear and the lights go out, they realize that the house needs to be fed again. Outside, the mother's talking to the police and tells them to check the playhouse for her kids. And I think this is where I thought she was going to go in and the house was going to take her. Me too. Yeah. Inside, Mike and Janine do the whole I hate you thing, but Jack tells them that the house won't take Mickey and Ryan because they're not children. So we didn't know this before. Right. We just, like I was hoping they would take the mother, but I guess it wouldn't have anyway. You're right. I was hoping though. Yeah. <laughs> so now Mike and Janine are in jeopardy because there's nobody to feed to the house. Jack tells Mike that the house wants Janine, and as long as he doesn't care, it'll take her because hate keeps the house alive. Jack tries the reverse psychology and tells Mike to tell his sister that he hates her and he'll have his power back. The house will take Janine and he'll be the one in power. But instead, he goes to save her, and when he tells her he loves her, the door shuts, and she's safe, but the house is angry. Jack says they have to rob the house of its power, hate, and they have to tell the children in the walls that they love them to stop the house. They both tell the kids they love them, and all of the kids are released, although Mike doesn't join in right away, but he finally does. 
Mm-hmm. So the kids come out of the playhouse. Jack tells the mother that she's not capable of love and that the courts will find someone who is. So I'm wondering at this point why they didn't suspect Jack, Mickey, and Ryan because all these kids come out of a playhouse with three adults. But apparently they did because they did interrogate them later. Yeah. So they were questioned and released. Mickey mentions that the children have no memory of what happened. Now, I don't know if that means the children that were trapped or if that means all the children like Mike and Janine too. No, only the children that were trapped. They have no memory. The ones that were that were taken, no. But the other two do. They still have memories. Yeah, I wasn't sure what that, if that's what he meant. Okay. Yeah. So they don't have the playhouse yet because the police still have it as evidence. But mm-hmm. apparently it sounds like they're going to get the playhouse back when the police are done with it. Yeah, I guess the police are supposed to take it apart too. Yeah, that's yeah. what Jack said. They'll take it apart and put it back together many times before they <laughs> give it back. But Jack said he's going to stay on top of the kid's case to be sure they're placed in good foster homes, or a good foster home. Because the police do mention to the mother that they've had reports about her before. So why she still has the kids, I don't know. But I guess this time, they're going to take the kids. Right. And then we have a shot of a milk carton. And I had to look up to see if they still did that, because we don't use milk here, so I never buy it. They don't have pictures on um, uh, milk cartons. Yeah, I had to look it up, and they, they said it was discontinued in the 90s. And that's probably yeah. when the internet was more prevalent. So Yeah, right, because everybody had milk on their, you know, on their table, basically, because they, you know, a lot of us kids ate cereal for right. breakfast. And plus, we read, like, we used to read cereal boxes. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're reading what's, whatever's in front of you, so of course... Children see who was on the milk carton, plus the adults see who was on the milk carton. Right, yeah, but I guess when the internet came into wider use, they discontinued the milk carton mm-hmm. thing. Pretty much that's about it. Did I miss anything you wanted to talk about? No, I just thought it was a good episode because at least they had a good base storyline. I'm glad they did it because I kept on saying, I hope they show the inside of this daggone doll and what it does. Right. I wish I would have been able to see what was on the other side of the wall. Right. Where well, the children were. Right, and I'm glad at the end all the children came back because I was, like I said, at the beginning I was a little apprehensive about watching this. I, I had a feeling that they were going to come out because no harm was seriously done to them. They just couldn't leave. There was no growling. There was nothing that much where you could tell the children were still alive. They just wanted to get out. Right. Yeah, I was glad when we started seeing their faces in the wall so we knew they were okay. Because, like you said, they didn't show us what was on the other side of that door. Right. So until then, we didn't know what was going on with them. Yeah, no, it just came to me. I'm trying to remember what episode that was, too, but uh, Twilight Zone. But there was something else that came to my mind about the wall. Something just like that where they're pushing out with the hands and the face. I can't remember. Yeah. But I thought it was a pretty good I thought it was a pretty good episode and the foul. Because I'm I'm like I said, I'm glad the the mother did call nine one one because that got the police to where the, the house was. Right. You know, I was thinking too that the children just showed up out of nowhere. Like they didn't even live on the block. Because sometimes that happens in, you know, some other shows where the kids come out of nowhere. Nobody don't even know who these children are. Right. Uh, but at least she knew who they were. People on the street knew who they were. That was a good thing because it was reported. Initially, I was like, oh, these kids came out of nowhere. They don't live nowhere near here. Right, because that wasn't clear at the beginning when they went to talk to Danny. Right. That wasn't clear that they even knew them. And I was like, well, why is this mother letting them walk off with these two kids that nobody knows? Right, me you too. Know? 
Because he didn't know their names. You know, he said, I'm going to play with, and then they had to tell him their name. So that wasn't clear at the beginning that anybody knew where these kids lived or anything. And yeah, you're right. Especially when he asked the name, you know, it's like, I, do they just live right down the street? Yeah. So apparently she did know who they were, which was good. I mean, I, I guess they would have found him anyway because the cop was there and uh, he was there to hear him scream. Right. Yeah. So the cursed antique from Friday the 13th wiki is a playhouse that grants children a fantasy world, but they must lure other children into it as prisoners. And I didn't find any warehouse connections at all in this episode, and I couldn't even think of an artifact that kind of reminded me of this. I can't get a connection. My notes are done. Do you have anything else? No, that was good. Like I said, I enjoyed the episode because, yeah, it kind of did remind me of such a fun Twilight Zone. And I love this Twilight Zone. Yeah, and I think my problem is I was distracted. Number one, I was upset because it was kids. And then I figured out that I'm not going to see kids getting killed. And once right. I once I figured that out, I was kind of okay with it. But I think I was more distracted by this room because it reminded me of a, an episode that I don't like in Star Trek. Maybe that like skewed my opinion on it. But it was hard to take a notes. It took me forever because it was like, oh my God, is this ever going to end? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sure everybody's glad that you're back. Glad to be back. Yeah. All right. So we'll be back next week. All right. We'll see you then. We'll see you then. Bye. You know, the power of a child's imagination can be really incredible. When the child is unloved, that power can be truly terrifying, can it? This is Doug, reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash 13th Warehouse, on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, and on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse. You can listen to The 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Theme music for The 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th, the series edition, Suspense Night, provided by Anton Kornienko, Pixabay user 147-98912, free for personal or commercial use. See you next time at the warehouse.